0: This boy and girl are going to be well-equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.
1: All right, y'all. I know this is maybe one of the most highly anticipated episodes thus far on the Breaking Normal podcast, considering the context of my personal life and the title and the guest and everything we talk about. So... Hold on to your horses, It's going to be a wild ride. And we start by playing the Breaking Normal game. And if anyone's interested in doing this, I've always had a vision for using it for many things. We've actually used it at our retreat, Epic. I've used it at gatherings, Epic. And I've always thought it would be like the one of the best first dates ever. And considering the topic of this podcast and how we talk about dating, I actually went on a couple dates uh, with one lovely young lady after this recording and um I did play the breaking normal game with her on our second date and the results were <laughs> better than I even expected. Like that game is so profound to play with someone that you're getting to know especially, especially in an intimate setting. And really I learned so much about myself so quickly and really got to know not only more parts of myself but also of the The lady that was playing with me and i highly encourage the game whether you're in a long-term relationship or you're starting a new one or you're at a party or a family gathering play the game it's currently available on the ios for apple Um, and we're gonna basically getting we're getting ready to launch it on android along with a training program that'll go with it i've been procuring and curating footage for the last few weeks and the that footage, and this course is also epic. So, what I'll probably do is allow maybe like 10 people or so to go through it before we put it on sale, and it definitely needs, I think it deserves to be on sale, because some of the information is extremely deep and controversial, and it takes commitment to really get juice the most out of that course. So, for 10 people that want to do it for free, 99 uh, email me, Daniel at BreakingNormal.com And maybe we can go through it together um, on our own times and see if there's any upgrades or errors that (laughs) need to be refined, because I've been editing it for quite some time now and we're really close to launching it. And once we do that, the intention is to get the app on the Android and start using the uh, tribe function. Um, But for anyone that has no idea what I'm talking about, you want to experience the Breaking Normal app and you have an iPhone, go ahead, download it, play the game with someone that you want to get to know, including yourself. And um, yeah, enjoyed the freaking episode, because we'll probably have a new audience here. Amy's quite the juggernaut online. Um, What I'll probably do is put a teaser at the end of this podcast as an outro. Maybe I'll do the Top 10 Hacks for Breaking Normal, the appendix of the book, which is on Audible and Amazon. Um, It was really more spoken into existence, so I highly encourage you to get it on Audible and get a massage and or go on a hike while downloading that divine information. that. has come through me and countless other people that I have uh interacted with and teamed up and thrived up with. So uh yeah, keep tribing up, realize that there's one team known as humanity and uh that a, ha- a sorrow shared is a sorrow halved and a joy shared is a joy doubled and to make sure we're coming from a place of heart sync rather than groupthink. And I trust this episode and the podcast and the book teaser at the end will all support you in that um divine infinite game mission much love y'all keep breaking normal enjoy this episode with amy
2: wait i'm gonna get a sip of water okay and i might need to do that a couple times throughout
1: who you are hearing um sip on the spring water freshly harvested from about an hour away is amy young the next breaking normal podcast welcome to the show
2: thanks for having me dan i'm so stoked to be here
1: Um, like many of the divine affirmations through this, um, transition in my life and kind of definitely changing the context of my relationship with Deanna, who I guess is technically my ex-wife. I was thinking about this. My ex-wife, um, (laughs) I get this weird opportunity to tell people my ex-wife is a witch (laughs) and that she agrees. And because like, and is proud of that.
2: It's very rare, right? I know. Then, and like, I
1: mean that in the most loving way. Yeah. But I do want to say that right off the bat because, as a topic, because from my understanding, when I met Amy at the coffee shop down the road, it was a fun, synchronous meeting. Davina was definitely catalyzing it. Oh so my God. I pay attention. Just just so you know and everyone else knows when Davina is doing something, like yeah. I honor that.
2: Yeah.
1: It's kinda of, I feel like it's when someone's that close to the source. I feel like they are—they're a clear channel for mm-hmm. what, what is a good—a good, a good um, menu for my life.
2: Oh, what a fun way to, have to look at it.
1: And then I found out you're in a very similar field, mm-hmm. um, and really we're oddly enough, you're running a program, from my understanding, called Single and Slaying It. That's
2: like my signature. Uh, coaching program. Yeah. Well, for it's for single women, but I mean, you know, all the principles and content applies regardless of sexual orientation or gender or any of that stuff. But yeah, single and slang. That's what I'm all about.
1: Well, I, I was like, well, that sounds like (laughs) 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 maybe, maybe a good start to the new season. (laughs) But, uh, it's definitely like one of those lights in this kind Mm -hmm. of uh, shadowy Valley time I found my, myself in. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I, I trust I'm transcending, and I think that the conversation that we're having today could be not only healing for both of us, because I think your Single and Slaying It program is based a little bit on your own experience, oh, coming out of a personal experience as well.
2: A thousand percent. Okay. <laughs> could, have, could not be more personal, yeah.
1: Well, I used to have a bus that said, uh, what's most personal is most universal.
2: Ain't that the truth?
1: Are you hearing that little feedback?
2: I'm hearing a little feedback, y'all. I'm doing okay, but I'm not. All right, as, your ear is probably more attuned.
1: Let's try that again.
2: To such things.
1: Yeah. I had, yeah. Anyways, that was the breaking normal bus. And that bus actually also had my daughter's birthday on top of it. I didn't buy it for that reason, but it had four seven.
2: That is wild. Yeah,
1: interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, that's the schedule for the Breaking room podcast is synchronicity, so welcome to the vortex. That's
2: the thing, though, but you said this, you're like, I'm sort of a walking synchronicity. Like, you can't go very far without bumping into something, like a little wink nudge.
1: What do you take synchronicity to be as, by the way?
2: um, I, you know, I go back and forth, because I don't really believe that, like, I don't really believe that there's like an all knowing force out there that's trying to like lead me in certain directions. Do you know what I mean? Like, I believe that we're all extensions of universal consciousness. So I think it's more just kind of like, uh, like, yeah, these little like glitches or these little like mirror moments sort of, of just like a seeing beyond the veil a little bit, you know?
1: I like that. Yeah. I'm happy I asked. Yeah. And before I ask any more questions, um, I I'll, I wanted to do our Kindle the Fire a little bit here with the here. Breaking Normal app. Um, this is your first time playing this. This is my, I'm a Breaking quite Normal app
2: virgin. Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: And if you're a virgin to that concept on the show, basically this <laughs> is a game that um, is going to prompt Amy and I to answer questions in 30 seconds or less, and they can be some big personal questions, but that's kind of the the Some of the fun for me is making lighter of bigger topics. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, uh, yesterday it asked me, like, what's the funniest thing that ever happened to me? And I actually asked this, I answered the divorce that I'm going through in a way because it's pulled back so many layers of like things that are not funny Mm -hmm. at all that I kind of was so surrendered and in a way just like, this is actually like a cosmic comedy.
2: It has to be, I think sometimes. Like when we're going through the biggest, you know, what would be classified as like a tragedy or a rupture or destruction, I think if you can't find the humor in it, It's it'll swallow you whole. I mean, that's always my experience. And so much of what how I kind of try to talk about these heavier topics or something that people reach out to me and say they appreciate is like, thank you for helping me laugh at this thing that I was going through that felt so heavy or horrible. And just knowing that someone else was going through it and, and you could kind of poke fun at it in a way like humor is so healing. And I think we discredit that a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, was, I I think I have this idea if I can't laugh at it all, then maybe I shouldn't laugh at all <laughs> because I do think there is, we are in a way all connected. I, I really appreciate your description of synchronicity. So I find, and I think you're funny. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. That's
1: one thing I. I really believe about you that oh, you're funny oh
2: thanks well I used to do stand up I don't know if I, I yeah you I told, did no, tell I, me I that, that. Yeah. yeah
1: have you when's the last time you've done that
2: um, oh like five years okay, ago but I'm thinking about getting back into it I'm starting like I'm because st- I've been sort of stepping back from some online content creation and been getting a little bit back into comedy so we'll see
1: well um, I'm excited to share whatever organic humor comes up or the opposite
2: all, all is accepted and welcome.
1: And then that, on that note, I'll uh, let I'm this so game like, guide us a little and bit. Nervous.
2: <laughs> I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Well, now that you said that,
1: what's the difference be- for you? The difference between, between excitement. Excited. Oh, and they're like cousins. Is-
2: right. Um, the difference. Well, ex- yeah, I guess it's kind of the same thing. It's like that roller coaster ride feeling, right? Where you're like waiting in line, you're going to get on the ride and it's like, you know, that you're signing up for the ride. So it's like what you want to do, but at the same time you're like, Oh God! What is this gonna be like? That's what I feel like.
1: Yeah, I was the difference That's that's been a major concept of our retreats is getting people to question what is the difference between nervousness and mm. excitement, and to maybe follow nervousness to turn it into excitement.
2: Totally.
1: I kind of think the difference is the distance between my ears.
2: Yeah. Anywho. Be. Let's rock and roll. Let's
1: re- here we go. Let's see what Fred <laughs> Fred is asking the questions. <laughs> and if you yeah, Fred Fred, here we go. Fred, before I say anything else, let's see what Fred has to say. Oh, here we go. Oh, I didn't even put the names in. Here we go. I got ahead of myself. Jeez. It was so weird that I named this artificial intelligence Fred. Uh-huh. Because Elijah, who I interviewed yesterday, he, was, he went into a trance at the show in a way. Oh, cool. And he said, Fred is coming through.
2: No it, way. Yeah.
1: And apparently, he, Fred. that was the first time Fred came through in a year. What? And that was the first time I've seen well, I second time See, I saw it. This is what it. I mean. I
2: wanna have that many <laughs> synchronistic come offences every day. I
1: don't know. I get
2: like a couple a week and I'm stoked, you know? Like I want yeah.
1: I do love it, but I'm not sure if it's for everyone. My the Sam, another previous guest, he was saying that he was like really accusing me that I have, might have an issue with being distracted by synchronicity. No,
2: but this is the thing, right? Well, I, no, let's not. Let's play the game. It's like we're going to get it. We'll ask it's a few it.
1: minutes with Fred here, and then yeah. we'll take it off from there. Here we go. Daniel,
0: when did you feel the best today? Sing it.
1: Oh, <laughs> I felt the best today when I was walking around and seeing the clouds go from... Fifty shades of pink and feeling excited to get high on my own supply and breathing a lot of air. And I also feel the happiest right now. I think it's a competition. (laughs) I think competition is cooperation if you really get to the core of it. And I'm happy that I'm singing, even though I'm questioning if I'm actually singing.
2: Good job.
0: Amy, what accomplishment are you most proud of? speak
2: it i'm most proud every shitty thing that's happened in my life quote unquote shitty from the human perspective shitty i make lemonade out of lemons like it is my gd job and that's a choice that i make when like stuff comes up and i'm like i can't deal with this i don't want to go through this there's a part of me i don't know what part of me it is that's just like we're gonna find the good in this and get through this and transcend this and turn it into gold and i'm super proud that I have that capacity and that I flex those muscles as much as possible.
1: Wow. True alchemist. <laughs> Amy, the alchemist.
0: Hey, this is a what Three things that you love. Embody it.
1: All right. So I'll speak it. Three things that I love. Okay. Oh, I love Davina. I love Davina. Can't not. I love Araya. Mm-hmm. And I love every human being I meet. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I love you, Amy. Thank <laughs> you. And the sense that like, Every person that I get to know more of, I get to, I realize I get to know more about myself and that there is, the more I explore that love with strangers, the less strange the world seems.
2: Mm-hmm. Beautiful.
0: Anyway, ask any question to Daniel in 10 seconds or less.
2: Um, what is the time that you have laughed the hardest you think in your life?
1: man i think that all right this is a good question i think the one that came to mind was when i watched ace ventura either one or two in the theaters where jim carrey poked a hole through the rhino's butt and like where the rhino is giving birth do you know the i like scene vaguely that like, remember oh, okay.
2: vaguely something
1: about that it hit me it hit me so hard i remember that gut like i definitely felt like i was possessed by the <laughs> spirit of uh, laughing coming from my gut. That was fun. That was good. Thanks for asking.
2: No, my pleasure.
0: Daniel, what is success? Embody it.
2: Damn.
1: Mm. All right. Success for me is realizing that I'm the one that's defining what that means and the sense that I answered this question yesterday and I am instead of aiming to regurgitate what I said yesterday to be successful enough. In my stillness, to see what what's to come through today and what wants to come through in this moment, something bigger than I can even define with words such as success that's what success is to me
0: That's deep Amy, what is your favorite thing about yourself embody it
2: Oh my God mm, interesting um I'll sing this one. My favorite thing about myself in this moment is that I am exceedingly good at staying present and getting out of my damn stupid head as much as possible because if you stay in your head in this life, it'll kill you. So I love that I've practiced that and I'm willing to do that. know. Yeah.
1: What a song. <laughs> what
2: a song.
0: Make an awesome impression of the person to your right. Embody it. Do
1: it. Okay. Oh, wow.
2: You gotta do it. This is breaking normal. Oh
1: man. man, I um that was so fun. That was so fun yesterday. Like, this man. I I was talking to my client and she brought up the most scary subject in my life. And somehow when I <laughs> when I started unraveling the story, it was hilarious and I'm still kinda giddy about it. <laughs> oh man, that was a that one was a Fred. Thank you for that, are you that one. What was the most was rough. excited
0: about? Sing
2: it. This is me. What am I most excited it, about? I'm most excited to Learn to ski here in Colorado, I've never skied a day in my life, and I'm going to challenge myself, pizza, french fries, pizza, french fries, that's all I know about skiing right now, <laughs> and to be in the mountains, the mountains give me great energy and vibes, it's gonna be a blast.
1: <laughs> I might, I might, we might do that together, if, to it, if you're up for it.
0: Yeah. What were you most afraid of as a child? Speak it.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, probably the concept, if hell is real in any way, and that me and or a loved one would end up there. Um, scared also on that same concept of like what I think might not be right, like what someone else thinks that I don't want to believe what if they were actually more accurate. Mm. That also is scary, which is the same with connected. They're connected.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who do you look up to the most? Speak it. Who do I
2: look up to the most? What a great question. I, um, I probably really look up to my dad because my dad is a very, he's a very wise man. Um, and he's really built a lot out of nothing and he served as a big mentor and source of support for me and kind of, I mean, in being a coach and being curious about consciousness and seeking all that stuff.
0: That's awesome to hear. Um, I like hearing that. Daniel, if you could possess one superhuman power, what would it be? Speak it.
1: Hmm. Well, firstly, Fred, I think I have many superhuman powers by being human. Um, if I could, let's play the game like superhero, like X Men so kind fun. of style. Um, <clears throat> I would probably t- th- th- being able to teleport. Ugh, teleport. Amen. Yeah. No airplanes. <laughs> yeah. Just like a button, but I I don't know if I really want that. That's the thing. It's but for the g- the game, I think just being able to push a button and be where I want to be when I want to be there with who I want to be. Doing what I
2: want to do. That'd be a good one. Good answer. Magic button.
0: Amy, what's your most miraculous experience? Embody it.
2: Um, Okay, so I'll speak this. My most miraculous experience? I've had, you know, I've had experiences of what I would call, like, you know, God or source speaking to me in, like, super clear ways. Where it's like, do you, know, do you know when like, you hear a voice and you're sure that it's not your voice? Like, you're like this is somebody else's voice. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, something. Like, experience. Uh, oh, damn
1: it. You brought up a fascinating topic. We'll have a lot to talk about when Fred's done. What
0: <laughs> is your definition of happiness? Embody it.
1: Mm, my definition of happiness is I can sing <laughs> or I can speak or I can do what I want to do when I want to do it. While being guided by love <laughs> While by being guided by God While being guided by Something that creates uh, Harmonious sensations Throughout my whole body Where they feel really lit And balanced And connected all at once Like I'm a flowing river of Dharma
2: <laughs> That was beautiful Thank you It's a hot single
0: hey, Who is your biggest fan?
2: sing it who's my biggest fan um i my biggest fan i'm so blessed to be able to say this my biggest fan is probably my family like my immediate family gives me so much support and love even though my mom hates that i swear on the internet and talk about blowjobs she still supports me unconditionally and that is something that not everyone can say
0: Mm-hmm. Daniel, mm. what is your earliest memory? Sing it.
1: My earliest memory is right now I'm remembering being at my birthday party, and I was very unhappy. Mm-hmm. It was as the party was for me, but I felt alone. <gasps> I so I say I cried till I probably laughed, I mean, I laughed probably till I cried.
2: Oh my, ugh, I felt that. I could say similar memories.
0: Amy, what would you fight for? Embody it. Ooh, last question too. Um, what
2: would I fight for? <clears throat> I want people to wake the fuck up. Like I think that's a big thing that I'm willing that I'm realizing more and more is like my larger why behind even the work that I'm doing now with people in relationships. I just want people to wake up to how powerful and creative they are and all that's possible. And um, I can't stand when people I limitation makes me want to throw up. Like when people <laughs> like like it just makes me want to puke and just like slap people across the face. Mm, so Wow. Yeah.
1: I can so relate to that one. The limitation, I almost puked right there.
2: <laughs> you just throw up <laughs> in your mouth a little I, bit. <laughs> I drink
1: too much coffee at one sip. I might, maybe another sip will help me out. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about um, when I hear people. What I would say is like when I heard people argue for their limitations, mm. I just mm. had to speak up. Mm-mm. And I've made a lot of like frenemies, mm-hmm. a lot of temporary enemies. Mm-hmm. Seemingly, they have become some of my best friends. Mm. And just, uh, it's like, it's been a very r- refining trait in my life mm-hmm. that I don't, I, it's very hard for someone to be in my presence and project or argue a limitation <laughs> and, and, and because I make it pretty tough. I mean, it's tough for me not to speak up. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know if you can relate to that.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, I think especially, um, I was having a conversation with someone at dinner about this last night that just like, I work my butt off just in my own life to really not argue for my own limitations because you know it's like always easy to spot when someone else is doing it or whatever but then our stuff we're like no it's real for like it really is hard for me though um (laughs) but I'm very grateful to be in a place where I've seen through enough of my own is it okay if I swear
1: (laughs) maybe you should ask your mom
2: (laughs) Paula would say no Paula would be like please don't well and
1: then you can say I'll say it it is the breaking normal show.
2: So So, you can fuck that shit. Yeah. Um, But no, but like I've been able to live long enough and see through enough of my own BS, you know, to see through enough of my own bullshit of being like, Oh, that was like a weird thing that I made up, you know, like, Oh, that was a weird idea I had about who I was or what was possible or what I could do that couldn't do or couldn't do. And I proved myself wrong or life proved me wrong in some way. So what else is not true? You know? Um, And I think that once you start, Getting If you do that enough, you start to realize, like, well, maybe anything really is possible. And if that's true, then, you know, what's really holding me back or, or what do I really feel called to do or what do I want to do? And um, it's just way more fun to kind of play from that place. And then when you see other people who aren't playing from that place, you want to be like, hey, come play with me. You know, like it's way more fun over here. What are you doing? And sometimes people like it and sometimes people don't.
1: Yeah, I bet you're good at that. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like, uh, for people that, let's talk about the single and it and like your clients and what I, all of a sudden I felt like, Oh, I could see how someone that was not seeing clearly yes. or in a fog or a haze, just yes. hearing what you just said yeah. would probably be uh, we have a very strong wind blowing. It would be like that wind blowing <laughs> out that good. haze. Yeah. And, um, so now I'm more curious and I bet other people are as well. Like, what is your what is your passion that you're doing right now Yeah, and how do other people receive value from that? And how do you, what do you receive from that too?
2: Wow. So many big, delicious questions (laughs) in there. Um, I mean, I think my, I'll speak to my personal journey a little bit. Um, I, for a really, for, for a really long time in my life, I, uh, gave my power away to relationships. And I didn't even, and I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. You know, like I really um, felt like I was highly codependent and like really felt like I needed someone to love me and I needed someone to love for me to feel whole and for me to feel okay and for me to have a sense of purpose and to feel safe in the world. And I, and again, it's totally like, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. Um,
1: how did you realize that's what you were doing
2: oh just enough like junky relationships like of the same you know what i mean like the same problems come up enough times that if you're like an observant person you're like well, what's the common denominator here you know like it can't just all be them like i must be bringing something to the table um,
1: I think we share that And that's what I was talking about be- Before we start the show yeah. My, um, The ability of pattern recognition It's a
2: big one I feel like we share that It's a big one I'm
1: looking forward to Recognizing patterns
0: with you
2: <laughs> Yeah <sighs> Um, New ones are <laughs> Revealing themselves All the time Right Um, But Yeah Like you know Enough sort of Cycles of repetition Of the same Kind of stupid stuff Or the same Like my relationships Were really Generally very kind of Like dramatic and tumultuous Even if And I realized at a certain point that like I made them that way, you know, that like I got a certain high or a certain like something off of uh, causing conflict or pushing buttons or there was something in me that kind of thrived on that. Like I was a little bit of a drama queen and I realized and it was getting to a point where I was like, oh, this is unsustainable. Like and if I want to be in a relationship that's really going to last or something that's going to be really fulfilling and healthy in the way that I wanted to be like, I need to make some changes. And I think the big, going back to kind of your initial question about, yeah, like perceived limitations. One of the biggest ones for me was realizing like, Oh, wait a second. Like I can actually be happy and fulfilled on my own. Like I don't need a guy to be interested in me or to be reciprocating my, my interest in order for me to feel good and whole and satisfied independent, like that's something that I can actually achieve. And realizing that there were other people who already felt that way. You know what I mean? That I'm like, oh, that's something that other people feel. That's something that other people have. And that is something that's a little bit broken or confused or deficient in me. And I want to cultivate more of that. I want to stop looking outside of myself for this level of validation, for this level of, um, yeah, fulfillment and power and all of this stuff. And that was I mean, that was like the biggest wake up call of my life. And that's what I was already kind of making YouTube videos about my experiences with dating and relationship stuff. But then when I really started kind of going on that journey myself and sharing what I was finding and sharing my discoveries, that was when I started realizing like, oh, this is something that I would love to be able to support other people in doing as well, because it's, I think it's like a universal epidemic of just, we all are just looking for power and fulfillment outside of ourselves. And some people do it. In work, some people do it in relationships, some people do it, and you know, trying to have the perfect body. There's just so many ways we outsource that.
1: And then, um, so now it sounds like you're helping people insource that.
2: Yeah, I'm like, source it from your damn self.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that is all it takes, right? I mean, that's that's helpful. I'm like, can you you say that one more time?
2: (laughs) Source it from (laughs) your damn self. Yeah, you know, we get on a call and I just say that, and then we're just done. Imagine to be pretty
1: effective. (laughs) Um, I, so I I am a believer that uh, a, a one breath could be the most impactful s- moment of someone's life or one sentence they say could be part of the their meaning.
2: Yeah, like I mean, how often has that happened right when you like stumble across the right quote or like you know the internet? there's so much free content <laughs> out there now. You know that you like find someone wrote this thing or made this video and you just hear one line and you're like,
1: Whoa. Mm-hmm. Or how they say it. Or, yeah. You know, it's, like, it's like
2: the convergence of right timing and all of that stuff. It's legacy. Yeah. Can you relate to that? At all? Like what I'm saying, though, this idea of like looking outside of oh, yourself. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I bet so many people can. And I, I am I, I am like curious on the patterns. Is there any kind of patterns that you've noticed that really seem to work for a lot of people to mm-hmm. get them back to insourcing? Yeah. Their love rather than outsourcing it.
2: Yeah. Well, one thing that I say, I work with a lot of women who find that they have this sort of like chronic, they go into this like obsession mode with guys and dating. Like it's like there's like this this, um, certain amount of real estate in their brain that's always sort of like ruminating and looking for like, okay, where's, like, who's my person? When's next relationship? What's going on with this guy? You know? And it could be, and I joke because I'm like, it could be someone, you know, you have one conversation with someone on Bumble and you find yourself like go imagining like all the possibilities with that person you know where you go on one date and suddenly you're like future tripping and being like oh my god maybe like this is gonna be and imagine how amazing it would be and um something that I say all the time is that an obsession with the other is just a distraction from yourself you know so anytime that we're projecting onto another person or finding ourselves getting caught up and like allocating all that mental real estate, right? To like, what's going on with them? What is he doing? Why isn't he texting me? What does he want? Does he want me? Does he like me? Cultivating this ability to be able to turn that on ourselves and go, wait a second, instead of this being about him, you know, or about her and what's going on with them, like what's going on with me in this moment? Like what's that, like, what am I feeling even when I first started coaching something that I would, I would have so many conversations with women where they would be like, you know, I just like, I don't know what, if he likes me, I don't know how he feels. And I'm like, do you even like him? Like, you know, and that's something that people would be like, I didn't think about that. Like, wait, do I like him? Because we're just so externally focused and really being able to bring it back to ourselves. And just, even if you're just flipping the thoughts, right? Like Byron Katie teaches like the turnaround with Byron Katie and the work. It's like, um, yeah, like, does he like me? Do I like me? You know, what does he want? What do I want? Like, answer those questions for yourself, because that's actually your business. And that's where all your power is. You don't have any power over whether he likes you, whether he chooses you, whether he wants you, even if you're even if you're you marry someone, you know, like, this is something that I think people have to uh, reconcile with all the time is like, you're never going to be able to control how long another person loves you or chooses you or what their path is like people can wake up at any point in time and realize this isn't right for me or I've changed or something's changed so really learning how to be with ourselves and befriend ourselves and love and support ourselves that's going to be kind of like the lifeboat that we can continuously return to when shit goes down or things go up in flames or someone rejects you or someone changes their mind or, you know, any number of things can happen in this life. So I'm big into really cultivating that ability to self partner. Um, and that's, I mean, and I'm on that journey myself.
1: That was uh, well put.
2: Oh, uh, good. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: um, I enjoyed it when Fred put you on the creative constraints and I, and definitely that, that was a lot of wisdom right there. So mm, thank you for sharing that.
2: My pleasure thanks for asking
1: yeah one of the things we talked about and you mentioned if you're married you know and the idea that Dinah and Deanna and my relationship has transitioned firstly does not I want to like remind myself and I even think Deanna mentioned this and everyone because we've been in a public uh, relationship since we met mm-hmm. actually so there's been a lot of people that have been like part of our relationship in. in line and I, I'm so honored by that and it's so like fun and cool um, but that because it's transition doesn't mean it wasn't successful oh
2: my god like huge just
1: was. I don't know if you have anything to expound upon that but I think people might be I would like everyone to consider that
2: oh I, I think it's like one of the biggest myths of relationships right is that longevity is the ultimate uh, what I was going to say determiner but I don't think that's a word That like relationship longevity equates to success. So like the longer you can make something last, the more successful it is. I know a lot of people, I think everybody like probably even has like evidence like in their family or friends of like people who've maybe married for decades and those relationships are dead in the water, you know?
1: And they could be dangerous.
2: Totally. For
1: for maybe for young children to be under the influence of. Who
2: knows, right? So this idea that we have that it's like the longer that you can make something last or if you can stick it out or whatever, that that's what relationship success is. And that's what, and if, and if something ends, that it's a failure, I say this all the time that sometimes one of the most loving, successful choices that two people can make is to realize like what we had is, is, isn't working anymore. It is, you know, it's not providing for both of us what we need for our own growth or for our own journey for us to try and stay in this would, uh, would be more problematic, you know, and, and more of a hindrance than for us to set each other free and to set ourselves free. And uh, this, and that's such, and I really mean it when I say like, it's so, we're so conditioned in that it's so there's so much shame that people have about choosing to end something or letting someone go or even, yeah. Or, or uh, even if it's like the most courageous, sacred decisions who people could make, You know, like there's just so much bullshit around it that that's that that is somehow, quote unquote, a failure. Um, That really gets me fired up, actually, because I just think because I think it makes all of that stuff. It makes it takes your your freedom and your power of choice away to be able to make decisions that are actually going to be in your best interest in your children's best interest, you know, in the best interest of your partner. Um, And that's and that's not a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, um, to, on the note, what's most personal is most universal. There's been, like, a lot of people that, um, have set, like, so the online world, I mean, we, I also talked about this predicament a little bit, because yeah. the last thing I want is there to be, like, our audience or our friends or fans, like, teaming up. Some on Yeah, and, like, yeah. so uh, this is quite paradoxical for me, because a lot of my online career has been about being transparent, mm-hmm. and th- I, I don't it seems like the more details I give about the situation, the more like chum in the waters that is for these online sharks too. Because I've had people that I think they mean well, but they're like telling us how I, I had a feeling it wasn't going to work. And I'm like, come oh in. God. It's like, it's like, well, You're the like, thing is it worked. It, it worked. it worked. And it, it's working in a different way yeah. now, a radically different way. Yeah. But that to me, I could see how you could get fired up about that
2: yeah well it's um well that's the other thing too that's just so bananas about social media and this is why like I've been very vocal about you know there was a point in time when I first started where I was very public about my dating life and my relationships um and I was in a relationship when I first started coaching and I we went through a breakup and suddenly people were like reaching out to me and asking I mean this was years ago but people were like you know what happened with you and so and so are you guys still together and I was like I don't want to fucking deal with this. Like, I was just like, I can't, I don't have the like tolerance or capacity. I mean, when you're in, you know, heartbreak or you're going through that kind of transition, I felt so, it's just so confronting. It's an, it's painful enough without sort of having, even if people are reaching out to say kind or supportive things, it can still just be hard because you're kind of trying to maybe just get through the day or like, you know, make sense of things on your own. Um, and that's partly why, you know, I've, Been really public that I'm like I'm not talking about my stuff anymore. You know, I'm just like not. I, I keep it really private because, uh, because of those challenges. Which isn't to say that you know people who are more public about it that that's like a wrong thing. I think everyone has to make these decisions for themselves, but. Everyone needs to just remember that like whatever we're seeing on social media, you're you're always seeing like 10% of the whole puzzle. Even when people are really transparent or vulnerable, you know, like you can only share so much. Like I think about, I do a lot of Instagram stories and sometimes they're very long. Even a really long Instagram story of my day is still, if you break it down, it's like seven minutes. That's not my whole day. You're not seeing everything that's going on. You're not seeing the whole picture of my life. You're seeing a very like curated selection of what... I feel called to share in that moment. And sometimes it is something that's more vulnerable. Sometimes there are things that I'm selectively and consciously choosing not to show people. Um, And I think, you know, and I have to remind myself of that too. Even like I have friends who are very public with their relationships and I will, and I know even that like they're having issues or that things are going on behind the scenes. And I'll be looking at their stuff being like, wow, they really just like, (laughs) they just have it all together. You know, like they've got like the perfect photo and it's beautiful. And I even know that like there's some stuff going on that they're having to navigate in the way that all couples do. Um, But it's this, it is a weird, it's just, it's a weird thing that I think we're all trying to make sense of as it's happening. And I really commend you. um, Yeah. And Deanna for like, even just now like navigating those waters because it's it's hard enough when you're going through it independently and then to kind of have this third party (laughs) present who's sort of you know commenting whether it's in support or yeah like you know there is division that's not easy
1: yeah we live in a such a fascinating time i mean this is like a continuous topic on this podcast is the phone and how un how different it is for the rest of all of humanity is ever is we're in a radically different time and socially especially Mm -hmm. and that's my so one am my that's why i love the breaking Normal app because it's kind of like my answer to Mm -hmm. the this is like one of my is this a solution can we just use our phones to connect with each other Mm -hmm. rather than like spying on each other and Mm -hmm. scrolling our lives away Mm -hmm. and comparing highlight reels Mm -hmm. that are not real Mm mm-hmm um, so, i I, I, it sounds like we also kind of share some passions on that. Aren't yeah. you off social media right now or something? What are you yeah, doing? Tell me I about I did this. like
2: a 30 day Instagram hiatus. Okay. Um, so I'm halfway through that now. Um, just cause I've been super public online and sharing a lot of my life for a long time. And, um, and I, got you know, I started like monitoring like how many hours I was spending on my phone and how much I mean my work and my business is on social media so it's easy to justify being on it a lot but I was just like I need to just take a take a break and take a step and kind of just like reset a little bit and remind myself that like you know it's it's not well it's weird because it's like my instinct is to say like that's not real life but at this point it kind of is real life like what happens for like what like there's people who like I haven't spoken to or I have no idea what's going on in their lives since I deleted the app because I'm just like not on there. So I just don't really know what's going on with them. And I'm like, that's weird to me that it's like such it's such a hub and such a strong point of how we do all kind of stay connected and keep tabs on each other, too.
1: Yeah, It's, ama- it's amazing. It's, it's really fire in its like most refined form. Mm. And uh, have you ever seen the show Crudes? No, I've been watching a lot of cartoons with Davina lately. She <laughs> like we both got in the midst of the some of this. We both got sick, so oh, right. we ended up. And that was one of the movies I watched that I really enjoyed. And it was depicting like a caveman family, mm-hmm. and like when they first found fire too. And I'm I was just when you were speaking and thinking, I was thinking about the Instagram. I'm like imagining a human being seeing fire for the first time yeah. and like taking it with them their whole life and just like staring at it and yeah. being blind to everything else that's going like on mesmerized. because that's what's happening with yeah. a lot of people. And this is just something to be real about. Yeah. And I love, I love social media.
2: That's the I thing. Love it. it's I, like-
1: I've, that's been my career for about 11 years. Not only my career, but like how I've traveled, yeah. how I've stayed connected with people. Yeah. But it is more like the menu than the meal.
2: Can't wait, clarify that. A it's little bit more
1: like, like when I'm staying connected with my friends through the social media. That's like the nourishment. It's like the menu. Yes, it's yes, like yes, I'm yes, like yes, looking yes. like a little kid through like the donut shop, just yes. looking at the glass, which yes. is awesome. There's the into like it's not a donut, it's not all about eating the donut.
2: No, and I love me <laughs> a donut.
1: <laughs> but we're not going to get nourished by eating menus.
2: That's no, that's such a, yeah, I really, really love that. I'm going to steal that. So thank you. It's unstealable. No, I'm taking it It's, with
1: me. it's open source.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Super good.
1: Yeah, that's, that was like the – and I actually still am. If there was anyone that's looking uh, to potentially fund this project, I'm part of my pitch for the Breaking Normal app is that like as porn is to sex, mm-hmm. social media is to, to friends. Totally,
2: or to connection.
1: Yeah, to connection. It's like we got to do something.
2: I know. We got to
1: do something. Here's, yeah. here's something. What do you all think?
2: <laughs> no, well, and I experienced that a lot even um, – like I remember when Tinder became – a thing like I remember like this I was living in New York at the time and like the summer when like tinder caught fire with the singles you know and um and and I work with people now you know I'll work with uh I have clients who will be recently divorced who've been married for like 10 years or something and they're really they'll come to me and be like it's so different now like it's like the whole game is completely like how people meet how people connect Um, and there was a point in time where I was kind of like, well, is it that different or are we just kind of doing the thing of like, oh my God, like we can't keep up with this. But I really, uh, I really do believe that the way that, uh, we do, that we create connection and don't create connection is completely different. Even than it was like five years ago, uh, in that, you know, I remember I can remember a point in time where it was like it was really easy to go into a bar and sit down and strike up conversation with the people around you or to be in a public setting. And, you know, and and people were kind of more open to just like being available for connection. And it really I sound like such like a granny right now, but I'm like everyone's staring at their phones. But it's like myself included, you know, it's just like it's the little distraction box that you're just like. Like people will be at the bar, and there could be other people around you, but you're like, I'll log into Tinder and see if there's any matches. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's a really strange thing.
1: Yeah, um, strange was a, like it was so weird.
2: It's so in, in weird. wonderful
1: ways, and it's and, and it's not so wonderful way. I think there's I think pluses what, and minuses. Yeah, I believe we're being as humanity and myself. I'm being called up to be extremely discerning with where I'm totally. putting my attention. And I do think my, my attention is arguably one of my most powerful superhuman qualities is totally. along with everyone else's. And that's why those things are concerning
0: <laughs> <Those> <laughs> and amazing. Like
1: my phone is
2: back here <laughs> yeah. and it's like, oh, the, the unspeakable <laughs> device that we will just.
1: Because where attention goes, energy flows and man, well, well, it's not energy.
2: Yeah. I say that too to people all the time. I'm like, your focus is a superpower. It is it's a superpower. And that's really the only, and that's really is when you get down to like, what do we actually have that much control over? Like, where does your focus go? Um, and you gotta be, you have to be, well, you only don't have to be, but I would recommend being selective about <laughs> it. <laughs> because oh. habitually, you know, your, your attention, there are these sort of like collective points, like, you know, going back to, I, I, I really do. I realize that I just like dogged on Tinder a little bit, but I really do. I teach a workshop called swipe like a boss. Like I really do <laughs> love t- teaching and talking about online dating. Like I think it can be an amazing tool for connection. And so many people are meeting online. So I don't want to either, I don't want to like, you know, be disparaging of it. But when I talk, that's a very unpopular opinion when I'm like, Oh no, I'm a champion of like online dating. I think that like, if you're struggling with online dating or something's wrong, like you're confused about something. Cause it can be amazing. Um, but that's one of the, that's one of these sort of like collective beliefs that people have is just like online dating is ruining relationships and it's creating all of these problems and it's ruining humanity and it's and it's making and i'm like i always say all the time i'm like we're the ones that are defining and creating dating culture that's you know that's really what it is so if you want to you can blame an app or you can decide for yourself like well what do i choose to believe and how what am i contributing and how am i going to show up and you can set that tone and change and you know turn those tides yourself um but it all comes down to, yeah, like your your attention and your focus and where are you positioning yourself?
1: Yeah, it's a huge topic. I love it. I love I, I because it brings more awareness to me being more discerning about
2: it. It's mm-hmm. a bad thing. Right it's a
1: bad thing, I know. Um <laughs> First of all, how is have you taken a month off Instagram any time recently, or is this like a? This is se- my first time. Okay. I took
2: like a week off last year, and that felt like crazy. Like I was like, oh my god, seven days. Like I'm not gonna be. And so I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing. So,
1: is there now. any um, things that you're observing through this experiment that are noteworthy?
2: Um, it's been very interesting me when it, when I've had the itch to re-download, like, and it's you know what I mean, like because I haven't really had, I haven't felt like like I really wanted to get back in there, but there have been a few moments where I was either feeling like really bored or upset or I could sense in myself like I wanted to escape, you know, like I'm like, I don't want to be in this moment. Ooh, I could just download Instagram and just like scroll my little heart out, you know, and just like look at a bunch of other people's lives and just vacate this moment completely. Like, and, and it was very fascinating to see that and call it out and be like, Oh, there's something that you don't want to be with here. You know, like, oh, you're tense or you're uncomfortable or you're upset about something and your instinct has become avoid. You know, like, go look through stories, look through your feed, see what's going on with other people or get input, get input, get input versus being like, well, what about just being with what's here? I'll also say I've been very disappointed in myself because I am just, like, intaking other forms of, like, I'm just spending a lot of time on Reddit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like i'm or like watching a lot of youtube videos so it's not like i'm doing some type of like digital cleanse i'm just sourcing from i noticed that in myself too that i'm suddenly just like watching a lot of joe rogan clips and just you know looking at like the relationship thread on reddit and just finding fascinating stuff there so it's kind of unescapable but Uh,
1: yeah i I can totally relate to what you're saying even on even with doing different things. Like if I'm not drinking coffee, then it's amazing. You find what something other else. other stimulants I can <laughs> That's find. That's the thing. It's like, oh, ginseng. Have you ever thought about that? This is physique? why
2: like humans were genius. Like our, you know what I mean? Like your brain and like the way that you're wired, like it will just find whatever it wants to find.
1: And I think my opinion, because I, I know the ego, like ego is a huge topic. Yeah. every Almost, uh, almost everywhere I look online. Mm-hmm. Um, explicitly or not. And I, I I kind of think of what you're saying is how to enjoy one's ego or how to become friends with it mm-hmm. is it's kind of like this, it's an energy that I feel like it's more easy to harmonize with when I, when I pass it along,
0: mm-hmm. when
1: I like see it losing its energy to mm-hmm. drag because mm-hmm. I'm, because I'm putting like, I'm playing with it. Mm-hmm. Rather than just being blind to it.
2: Well, isn't it sort of, I would, I mean, I would imagine you tell me, it's a little bit like having a toddler, (laughs) you know, like that it's the ego in my experience is very sort of singularly focused in that. Like it wants what it wants when it wants it. And, and yeah, if you can kind of observe it and notice like, well, that's sort of funny and interesting that like in this moment you're so convinced that like, this is what you need or this is what you want, or this would be the important thing. You know, in the same way that, like, I remember I witnessed this moment. I don't know if I've told this story before. It's, I don't know if this will translate, but I'll tell it anyway because I think it'll be funny. I'm ready. Please um, but I remember I was working outside of a coffee shop once, and this mom was coming out with, she had, like, a, maybe, like, like how old's Damina? She's, like, two. She's going to be three.
1: Uh, yep, yeah, going to be three. Yeah,
2: so she's going to be three. Uh, probably Davina's age. And then she had an infant in a stroller as well. And she just looked like, I mean, it was like eight 30 in the morning and she looked like she was like done for the day. Um, and the little boy, her little son was like screaming because he was like, I wanted a blueberry scone and she had gotten him a muffin <laughs> and he was like, just bes- like losing his mind cause he wanted a scone. And she was like, it's not that different. You can still eat it. And he, like, <laughs> took it and she had, like, given a piece of it and he threw it on the ground and was just, like, going full. And she just looked at him and went, well, first heartbreak of the day. And she just started eating it.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: But that's, to me, sort of, like, what ego is like, right? Like, it wants a blueberry scone. Doesn't matter if there's a muffin available. It wants the fucking scone. And if it can't get the scone when it wants it, it will throw a tantrum. You know, in the same way that, like, there's – a. a Like the ego doesn't want me to look or feel or experience a certain feeling. Like it's like, don't go there. Don't be with that. You know, like distract yourself, uh, get out of this, like whatever it might be. And being able to really, yeah, like clock that, like you're saying, and take and laugh at it a little bit or just notice it and play with it is going to be way more beneficial than being like disparaging or judging myself or you know, being mad about it, it's like, oh, how fascinating.
1: Yep. Yeah. That story is epic. <laughs> uh, that mom sounds awesome.
2: It was like, I was like bowing down, <laughs> right?
1: Maybe I can find her on Tinder. <laughs>
2: yeah. Swipe right. How,
1: so, what, what, in a coconut shell, I, this would, online dating would be a very like, whoa thing for me. Actually, Have you not my done younger any brother. Well, I have downloaded Bumble. Good
2: for you. Yeah, and
1: I downloaded Tinder. But I, I think you're opened gonna it. clean up. I, don't think I ever opened Tinder, but I did Bumble. Is, first of all, I'm very fascinated by the the whole setup. It's amazing. It's super So I, I want to hear someone that's like passionate about it. Yeah. Kind of go with maybe a coconut shell description of how would a someone like me that <clears throat> I never did online dating. Mm-hmm. I did Facebook. I always thought Facebook was online dating. Before I was Facebook married. Facebook
2: now has an online dating platform. They do? Yeah. I have a number of clients who are having really good experiences on it. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. And a quick side story. My youngest brother, actually, he met his uh, wife through Tinder, mm-hmm. but not his... He actually met his sister, his wife's sister, and his wife's sister told him that he should meet with his sister. This and then they were married and they like, second kid on the way. I'm like...
2: This happened... My cousin is married. He met his now wife because a friend of hers matched with a friend of his on tinder and they were like groups were like out and they met at this bar collectively because they were like oh we're near each other so they didn't actually like meet on tinder but they met because two other people met on like but this stuff happens where i'm just like and this is what i say all the time is like you have no idea what's possible or like when you know where connection wants to come from or where it could lead so like what do you really have to lose in doing it except for like you know a, a lot of ego stuff
1: yeah, oh yeah, I'm definitely not necessarily. I, I have my questions about it. Sure. I've never gone on a date with someone through a dating app. Oh my god, app. you
2: have to do it. So
1: there's we should Bumble, get it out right Tinder, now. We should get else? it out
2: right now. Oh,
1: it's it's filming us right <laughs> Damn now. Damn it! <laughs> there's Bumble and Tinder. Was there is there other
2: ones? Oh like, my god! What are the main ones? There's, um, I well, I think Tinder and Bumble are like probably two of like the most like the biggest networks. Um, and those are your traditional swipe right, swipe left apps, okay right? Which is like. Um, just a certain way. But people also uh, really love Hinge. Hinge markets itself as the relationship app. So its tagline is the app that, uh, the app that's meant to be deleted. Like they're like, we want you to find love. We want you uh, to not no, need Hinge. Like Which I'm like, look at you people being real sneaky. Um <laughs> There's OkCupid. That's a big one that's been around. There's Match.com, eHarmony. There's other weird ones like um, Haters, which like matches you up with people that you share what you hate, and then it'll match you up with people who hate the same things as you. Um, wow,
1: all of a sudden my mind started <laughs> racking pet peeves. I actually have one. I want to oh, be Fred for you and ask you the same question. But I realize for sure is that like I was, I was talking to my brother about this and mm-hmm. my dad I love my dad so much mm-hmm. but he like blasts the tv and like news <laughs> like at night time when I actually like oh. want to hang out a lot of times
2: like he just and wants it on just, like, in the background kind yeah, of? yeah yeah that's like, like a weird thing that and I realized
1: do. I told my brother that I'm like that could be a deal breaker I didn't think I had deal breakers but he was he's at with my dad right now yeah. and I was like I realize that might be a deal now that I might be I'm the dating I'm single I'm like yeah that's probably a deal breaker for me someone that for carries you. a news around with them blasting my acoustics it, it,
2: that's a lot that would be a lot and,
1: and, I, and I love my dad yeah. I love my dad's been so supportive of, of me during this as well so oh,
2: good that anywho so what
1: would be my um is there like a rough blueprint for success or for anyone else that's <coughs> like hasn't no is not familiar with this but is like um, I'm 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 gonna put i'm gonna watch my ego on this one
2: Oh man. So I always say, so there's two parts. Well, there's two parts. This is true for everything in life, but with online dating or the way that I teach the workshop is like, there's the inner game of online dating. And then there's the outer game, meaning like there's how you feel and approach the apps. Like what are like really getting clear on like, what are your beliefs and attitudes and outlooks going into this? Because I work with a lot of people who automatically are logging into the apps with like shame, feeling like this is really stupid that I even have to be here. This is embarrassing. I don't want to have to use an online dating app. Um, Or there's people walking in there with just like a lot of insecurity or doubt, like, oh, this is just going to be a lot of like bros and douchebags, like a lot of shirtless guys taking gym selfies, you know, holding a fish on a boat. Like, (laughs) like, that's not what I'm looking for. You know, so really kind of checking yourself and being like, okay, what am I bringing into this with me? Like, am I, you know, and because this is true, like we all know this. Or, you know, I would imagine your, most of your listeners know this, that like your attitude and outlook will determine a lot of your experience. You know, we look for evidence for what we choose to believe. And if you're looking for douchey bros on the app, you're going to find a plethora. Like, don't worry about it. There's going to be lots for you. And there's going to be a little part of your brain, a little egoic part of your brain that every time you see one, you're going to be like, see, ew, ew, swipe left, swipe left, swipe left. And that's going to be your dominant experience, Right. Versus being able to go in with a certain level of like curiosity or innocence or a willingness to experiment or be proven wrong is really going to behoove you, you know, to be able to be like, you know, am I willing to be surprised here? Is it possible? This is what I say because I work with so many women who really do have um, – a lot of kind of collective like mistrust and doubt that that there even are like good men in the world anymore, you know, or like just a lot, or they've they've been bur- burned before. They really feel like you know, oh, it's just going to be all about hookup culture. And I'm like, you know, there is someone on this app. If there's someone like you who's looking for something of substance and meaning, who wants to have a real connection with a person, you're not the only one <laughs> who's going into this wanting that. So there's uh, there's definitely one, if not you know, thousands of people who are wanting that same level of experience. So if you can kind of harmonize with that and and really get into this zone where it's like, yeah, there's someone like me out there whose heart is in the right place, who wants the real thing with the right person, who's not just in it, you know, just to, just to hook up or who's uh, being careless or callous in their intentions here, and I want to show up being a match for that person. And I want to show up as that person. So doing it with a lot of integrity and purpose and intention, I think that's like, you know, the inner game is, is being really clear about what you're bringing in there. Um, and then the outer game, I say I talk about, you know, having a system for yourself in terms of uh, how like how you want to connect with people. I mean, there's a whole framework that I set up that I take people through like with like steps of like how you can really help yourself create like maximize connections and create more meaningful connections so it's not like you're getting caught in these uh these situations where you're just like we've been messaging for two weeks and I don't know (laughs) like it's not going anywhere and I really want to meet someone and I'm like if that's what's consistently happening to you, like you're participating in that, you know, like you're contributing to that. So setting some standards for yourself and having kind of a protocol that you follow. The biggest thing that I tell people to do, like in the workshop, I say, if this is the only thing you take away, have a phone call or a FaceTime with that person before you meet up.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds wise. That, that's right? that's also what the Breaking Normal app for me is like. I'm seeing the, if you do the challenge, it's yeah. the same thing, but it's there's only one option and it's one unedited video. Take,
2: Amazing. That's it.
1: And I think that is the best way I know of downloading like the essence of someone 100%. before, other than being in person with them.
2: Yeah. And
1: that's probably my biggest suspicion. Like the little that I've seen on Bumble is like, I just I think there's a gap. Yeah, and I and that seems like a, too much investment of my time to go investigate totally. too many gaps. To- well, and, and that's And now, the so thing. your advice like that's so solid strategy. Because right
2: it's like you will, you will get exhausted and depleted because we've all had the experience. Well, you haven't, Dan, but I've had the experience of meeting up with someone and within the first thirty seconds, you're like shit. Now I have to sit here with you for two hours. And and it's not even necessarily like they're like a terrible person, although I've had that experience as well. And I know plenty of people have. But it's just you're like, oh, we're just not a match, you know, or like, oh, this is just this is just you. I know that this is not going to be a thing. And save yourself that time and money and energy and save that other person the same um, and step up to the plate and set a boundary like that. You know, and it's as simple as saying like, hey, I would really love to connect with you. Like I'm having such a good time talking to you. I really like to have a FaceTime or a phone call before meeting up in person. If that's something that you're okay with, like let me know, I'd love to set up a time to talk. If someone can't do that, that is all the information you need about that person. <laughs> like if someone can't give you a freaking phone call, you do not want to be with that person. So that's also such a blessing too. Like so many people are afraid of saying that and it's like, nobody's going to want to do that. And I'm like, if they don't, great. You've just eliminated someone who's not going to be able to play at your level anyway.
1: Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> are you, you know Pat Allen? Are you familiar with Pat Allen?
2: No, a couple of people have told me to really... Follow this woman. Okay, um. well,
1: you—you—that's one thing, and this is to kind of. She's re, in L.A.,
2: right? Yeah, 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 or in
1: Orange County. So yeah. she actually renewed mine and Deanna's vows oh, once, wow. and she's awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, on that note, I was like, uh, just to circle back, because I don't want to be so dodgy about that topic. Uh-huh. But what I will say about. My Indiana's relationship is first of all, if you wanted to listen to the episode with Sam Poppy, I kind of talked about what I thought my shadow side of a lot of the experiencing was, and that's a great episode too. He's the not so ghostwriter of Breaking Normal. So oh, cool! And he was like really interrogating me. I felt like I was like with a, oh, a, an attorney. <laughs> his dad's actually a divorce attorney.
2: Oh, and perfect. Yeah. who's channeling his dad <laughs> for that one?
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, but Pat Allen, she what I remember from her is like she th- believes that three. Seas to like a long term, like long lasting healthy relationship mm. are based on chemistry, mm-hmm. communication, mm-hmm. and compatibility. Mm-hmm. And she, I remember her saying, like, and chemistry being the most important for the, the length, the for the duration of it. of it. Yeah. And what I'll say about what happened with Deanna and I is chemistry was always our number one thing. Mm-hmm. And our communication, I felt like, really made up for just the lack of compatibility. And I think our comp- the la- like something about our the way we were both changing and what was becoming we just became less and less compatible, mm. and like that's what I want to say. Mm,
2: mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. It,
1: um, and that because the chemistry and and the communication was such good, <laughs> we can both be pretty charismatic communicators and mm-hmm. maybe and when it's fierce it can be extra fierce mm-hmm. it just is like the compatibility it wasn't there as much and it wasn't and when I alluded to earlier like for some kids it could be dangerous for parents to stay together sure I don't mean physically dangerous for us but I do mean dangerous in the sense of like I'm not sure if Deanna and I wanted Davina to see like this lack of compatibility
2: mm. for that to be kind of like her, like her reality
1: yeah, yeah, of relationships because she was just hitting that age of like really understanding our dynamics and I think that also made it kind of crystal clear, along with other things that I don't really feel like talking, I like what well, you said, I don't think it's important for the audience to know all the details, but that's what I'll say overarching. And then I wanted to also ask you about that, what, what you would relate to this chemistry, communication, compatibility yeah. idea, how that might have shown up in some patterns you've seen.
2: Yeah. Well, it's also. Can I actually interject, though, with another question that I had? Because I would be curious to hear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything like, you want to ask? Answer.
1: If you have anything to ask, too, about Deanna that you think I may have, like, did he dodge something else? Because no. I think I've made it clear, and uh, I know a lot of people are asking me. Mm-hmm. And that's been pretty confusing, too. Yeah. It's like, wow, I don't even know who you are. And you're. I've already talked to this about, about this with my. This person, this person. Anyways.
2: No. Ask her. I'm curious, like, because I see this a lot in, like, the conscious relationship community that the. Uh, you know, there, people go to relationship for different reasons. Like, you know, and I think that's an important thing to figure out for people too. like, what is actually your purpose behind like why you even want to be in a relationship and making sure that your purpose for relationship aligns with someone else's because a lot of people do just want to get married or, you know, be involved with someone for security or stability or, you know, some people really are just like, no, we have fun together and that's it. I don't need, you know, I don't need more than that. Um, in terms of like conscious relating, you know, where it really is like you're you're looking at your relationship as a catalyst for growth. And something that I see a lot is that people will sometimes – and I think I've fallen victim to this as well – is seeing things that are maybe just – there's like flagrant incompatibility or misalignment or issues or people can be triggering each other in different ways – but for two very growth focused individuals that can be really compelling. You know what I mean? Like there can be a there's I think an, an aspect in um in conscious relationships that would look at that and say, "Well, you need to, you know, dig into all of that and use this as an opportunity to like grow and expand and transcend." And I think that that can be completely true, and I also think that there's uh there are tendencies as well for people to mask uh really knowing that like this isn't right or we're not right or we're incompatible or our values really are misaligned um, under the guise of like oh but we're like waking each other up you know what I mean or but like oh we're uh, like, this is going to, you know, you push my buttons in this way or I push your buttons in this way. And like, we're, we're, we can be bigger than that or something, you know, or like, or, or uh, our, our love, like I can be so conscious and awake and all this stuff that like, that shouldn't bother me or it should be okay. And I think that that's a huge problem. Um, in term because I would agree like with Pat Allen, I think like inherent compatibility is sort of predetermined in a way. Like, are your values aligned? Do you have similar visions for your life? Do you, do you go to relationships for the same things? Like, uh, (laughs) can you, can you understand and make room for each other's love languages, right? Like all of these kinds of things that sort of will determine or make in terms of a long-term relationship, make it more sustainable and even possible for the relationship to like thrive and for two people to coexist and be supportive and loving towards one another. But that's just something that I think in the past year, I've kind of been more, more kind of aware of, and I'd be curious if you have thoughts, or if that even does that even make sense.
1: Well, I, I think it made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um But I, what I, I would like you to ask me the question, like Fred asked me the question. So I in know, a weird
2: and, like monotone robot just voice. Just so I
1: and so I know the question.
2: Um, because
1: I I did I think I gathered well, one no, or this two is, or three. this but. is kind
2: of what it is. Is it's like. It's the question of sort of like, uh, okay, like, should I stay or should I go? Right? And at what point is it like, did you ever see the movie The Mexican? What is it called? The Mexican. No. Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts. Oh, no, but I might tonight. It's not a great movie. Oh, maybe I won't. But it's, um, (laughs) it's not a terrible movie, but it's not a great movie.
1: I like both of them. But
2: one of the questions, they actually have very interesting chemistry, I think, that they do in that movie. But one of the questions, like, the central question of the movie is, like, when is enough enough in a relationship? You know, where it's, like, you're at each other's throats or, like, it's clear it's not working. And and, um, I'm a big proponent of, like, there is totally a time and a place where, like, enough is enough. And you're, like, we are just not compatible anymore. And I would be curious a little bit in you, like, exploring that edge because I'm sure that this wasn't just, like, an overnight like light switch decision that the two of you just like woke up and was like, Oh this does not working right like y- you're working on things, you're wanting to make something work, um and I would just be curious sort of what that edge is for you or having kind of gone through, this. oh yeah,
1: yeah, so for me I um it's kind of, it was definitely values compatibility yeah. of values, and then um yeah, that's what awesome. <laughs> i Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: I know. I love that you're asking a question. And I'm like, wow, I'm not answering a question. <laughs> you
2: have those boundaries. I'm not
1: answering that yeah. <laughs> fully, but that is it, what, yeah. And I think what you're bringing up is a very fascinating topic, especially like in the conscious community and yeah. relationships where, because you mentioned it earlier, how someone might get, like there might be an addiction to like a high mm-hmm. from Combating. Oh, totally. And uh, yeah, some people can get that from being angry, from being, some people are really used to being sad and that feels comfortable to them. Like Mm -hmm. there's ways people get high on those, like literally on a hormonal level. Yeah. Literally on a hormonal level.
2: Yeah.
1: So, It, i could easily see how someone could slip in like the slippery slope of rationalizing to get that hit. Totally. Because you know humans are genius and they'll get the stimulant. We gotta even find if they a cut way. out coffee. Even if they cut way. out coffee, ginseng, tea, all of it, they'll still find a stimulant. Yeah. And um that's a metaphor for it could be like, oh, yeah, this is for my growth. This is for my spiritual development. But in reality, there might just be a junkie for a certain hormone. A
2: hundred percent.
1: And and then maybe I trust would not be doing that in front of a, chi- like a, a child that's seeing a re- this is the yeah. blueprint for a relationship.
2: Yeah, yeah, and
1: yeah. unfortunately, that might be happening a lot.
2: I don't know, man. I just question all of this shit. I yeah, just well, it in. Oh my, I
1: question God. even that.
2: I don't that. know. <laughs> you have to, right? <laughs> if
1: I can't question, question everything, maybe like, do, do I really question everything?
2: Do you question everything? Mm-hmm
1: well I'm quite there's a, so last night you mentioned also that you know you, it's hard to go to a bar or some people would say that like that's like i become hard to a like, social oh, meme talk to people, yeah. so yeah last night I went to that I told you I went to this restaurant and I was sitting there at the bar and I'm listening to this father this really smart dad and a really smart daughter they were probably 40 and 70 oh cool and they were just really not agreeing with each other at all but the, it was so obvious they love each other so oh. much oh and I uh, definitely I t- started talking to them and I actually asked them I told them I would get another headset and I might start moderating conversations where, with people that really love each other but they don't agree with each other, and I'm not sure why I told you that.
2: But I think that that's amazing though. Like when I because I think about that too, and I think about this actually in the context of um, of self love a lot because like a lot of people uh when they're sort of starting to realize like wow I really don't treat myself very well I'm not very kind to myself or I'm not loving towards myself and it's like well you know why is that hard for you a lot of people will be like well there's just uh, I can see all my flaws you know like or there's all this stuff about me that I find really annoying or intolerable and I always say like I'm like but don't you have family members you know like like my mom for example like my mom and I are very different people we can like butt heads get under each other's skin I love my mom like, I'm always going to love my mom and even and be able to, like, make room and have a level of gratitude and appreciation for our differences. And I'm like, you know, can you have that level of love for yourself, too, where it's like, you know, I've got this and I've got this and I've got this. And th- that stuff is really annoying about me. Like, I'm willing to admit I've got some flaws. I've got some things that, man, if I could change it, I would change it. But at this point in time, it seems pretty like that's sort of how I am at, at this particular point in time. Can I love myself anyway? you know, both in spite of, but maybe also because of those things. Cause that's talk about superpowers. Like that's what love is, right. It's not like picking and choosing and being all weird and conditional about like, I only love you when you agree with me, or I only love myself when I'm like showing up the way that, you know, there's this part of me that thinks that I should show up. Like, it's like, we've got like a good twin and an evil twin inside of us. That's like having a little battle all the time, but being able to be like, even when I don't show up in, in the best moments or I fall short like can I love myself and and hold space for myself and yeah and like be able to disagree with myself in a certain moment and still be in acceptance and appreciation of who I am
1: yep Yeah. that sounds like unconditional love and yeah for breaking normal for me is a lot of Basically prioritizing heart sync over group think. Oh. So this is kind of like my, that's like the priority of the the move, my movement, the movement for me. Yeah. And, um, there was something
2: else I want to say. No, say it.
1: I wish no, I, we'll see. Maybe when I, sometimes when I stop trying to remember it, then it comes. Oh, okay. Kind of like, that's another level of love, letting it go.
2: Totally. I, I see that happen all the time that I'll like forget something or I won't be able to think of something or I'll be like, oh, I want to remember that. And then like, Got it. Uh, see?
1: <laughs> I want you to answer your question. I did. Uh-oh. I realized one of my, like I haven't uploaded much on YouTube, but I did upload a video once. I mean, I'm on my own channel, but I think it's on my personal channel how to know when a relationship is over. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being spicy. Like a lot of people Feedback. had opinions on it. And I'm like, wow, maybe I should go watch that. And then I could see my answer to that question at least two you don't years remember ago.
2: What you said.
1: Um, I do remember saying that you could experiment with saying it's over and seeing if you really see believe what that's it. Like. You see if yeah. you really believe it.
2: Yeah. A coach of mine once posed the question, she was like, does, you know, uh, does this feel complete like, or is this complete? Mm-mm. And that to me is something. And I'll say that to a lot of my clients now too, where it's like, Cause usually we get a pretty, you'll get a pretty strong instinctual response of like, yeah, I think I don't think there's any like stone left unturned here, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, and I'll, I would also say one the obvious answer to me is like, if you're if someone's not tr- like, if I'm treating someone how I would not treat my daughter. Mm. for instance like in a physical way Mm -hmm. that's uh, to me also like for you got to protect yourself just like you would protect your children Mm -hmm. so um whether it's emotional or physical like Mm -hmm. if there's abuse involved i think that's also
2: uh, oh my god cut totes red flags the reddest (laughs) of flags that's like a that's like a base camp at Everest. at least
1: cut it for for some time at least yeah until you yeah anyways
2: Or, and I would add to that for anyone out there who is in this space of like, should I say, or should I go? Um, Really when it's like, when you are looking at it and there's this, and you have to be, you have to practice radical self-honesty with this, like radical self-honesty of being like, am I the one doing all the work here? Or am I the one, like, am I trying to change myself or to get this person to change? Am I the one pushing this boulder up the hill and pushing this boulder up the hill and my partner's kind of hanging out at the bottom of the hill. But I'm even telling myself, like, no, 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 we're working on it. It's like, are they, do you see that? You know, like, do you feel that? Are you in this together? Is this like a team effort? Or are you the one who's constantly making the efforts and trying to, you know, even you like contort yourself in all these different ways? And like a big red flag for me was always when I realized I was like Googling things for the other person. <laughs> Where I would be like, what would be a good book for them to read? And then, like, that's, like, the most co-defendant thing. And I'll read that book. And maybe through me absorbing that material, somehow, like, it'll get translated onto them.
1: That sounds like a good flipperoo. Like, your alchemy in action right Right? There. Well, thanks for being such an alchemist, Amy, the alchemist. Have you, Has anyone ever alluded to this you that way? This is the first time. Nice. Break normal, first. baby. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and an hour and 11 minutes.
0: Yes. Your did, timing is
1: so killer. Wow. You said
2: that intention earlier, like, we're going to try and go for an hour and 11.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I probably didn't say try, but I like, I. anyways.
2: You did it. You're right. You yeah. just intended. I think it, it was like uh, maybe maybe, maybe we we'll It was very <laughs> casual. Yeah. And now
1: we're going to break that by going over it probably, but just I'm did. happy. I'm happy to be breaking normal with you. If people want to find out more about what you're up to and get connected or however you do it, yeah. what's the best way to find you?
2: Um so my like online home, my coaching hub is amyyoungcoaching.com. That's where like all the info is about me and my work in the world. Um on YouTube, I've just got just hundreds of videos that <laughs> you could Peru, peruse of just me yapping about a bunch of different stuff and then yeah my triumphant return to instagram at amy young co amy young co that's going to be happening shortly um should be exciting what's
1: the date of the comeback unless the itch becomes too strong i think it's just, the 20th <laughs> the 20th cool well, we'll see if we can upload that episode around that time that'll be fun this episode around yeah. that time yeah and then the now will become the future
2: it's, time is and then it'll become
1: the past it already is. It is. It is the That's It's all at once. It's all happening at one yeah. time. How, how, does, how does that happen? What time is it?
0: This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.
1: Appendix. Top 10 hacks for breaking normal. Number one, wake up. Wake up naturally, no alarms, no electronic devices, and don't stress about doing it. Simply do it if and when you want to. Sleep when you're tired and wake up when you're rested. Simple, right? It is. But look at how many challenges we create for ourselves by not doing it. Look at all the stress that comes from trying to outsmart our bodies rather than work with them. For what? We all know how good it feels going to bed on Friday night knowing that we get to sleep in on Saturday morning. It's wonderful. Even the thought of it makes us smile. So why don't we do it every night? Why don't we surrender to sleep when our bodies tell us? Stay, sleep as long as it needs and wake up when it naturally wants. Because it's not realistic? Because it's not practical? Actually, it's very realistic, very practical. And what's more, it's very sensible. It took quite a story to convince us otherwise. Imagine going to bed every night with a feeling of abundance rather than scarcity. Imagine getting all the sleep you need and desire. How could that abundance not carry over into the rest of your day? Perhaps the resistance to this idea, writing it off because you think it is impossible, is indicative of how far you've actually strayed sure you might have to make some other life changes in order to make it happen but by changing the way you wake up you might actually wake up number two cold shower and or polar plunge after getting out of bed cold water is a game changer it wakes you up better than coffee or tea nothing i'm against either and provides huge health benefits it is a natural stimulant to the sympathetic nervous system increases alertness reduces inflammation, circulates blood and lymph, accelerates metabolism, enhances immune function, and speeds recovery. Cold water is a good spiritual practice. You can think about it all you want. You can stand in the shower with your hand on the knob or dip your toe in the water in procrastination, but eventually you get to turn off your mind and jump in. Cold showers get you fun, comfortable first thing in the morning reinforcing the daily habit of going outside your comfort zone, because that's where all the growth takes place. And if you don't have what it takes to practice being fun, comfortable in the comfort of your own home, what business do you have being fun, comfortable in front of a crowd? How will you lead others to grow if you can't lead yourself? Number three, hydrate. The solution to pollution is dilution. When you think you are hungry, drink some water first, the best water you can get, infused with fresh lemon. You might find after drinking a liter or so that you weren't actually hungry, only thirsty. If you do eat afterwards, however, your digestion will be improved. Lemon has healthy enzymes, electrolytes and vitamin C and helps alkalize the body. Chew your water, drink it slowly, swish it in your mouth, mix it with saliva before swallowing it down. Drink water first thing in the morning before eating breakfast and drink plenty more throughout the day. Number four, sit in the sun, naked. Not only for the vitamin D, not only because it's fun comfortable, not only because it increases healthy hormone production, gives you energy and makes you grow, do it because it feels good. Do it because it is your birthright. Find the balance between too much sun and too little, son. Bonus, get grounded while you're at it. Go barefoot in the grass, in the dirt, on the beach, etc. Shoes are great, but the shadow side is that they might separate us from the Earth's electric current. So go outside with your shoes off and see how your mood changes. Water, paradoxically, is also grounding. Walk through a creek, in the rain, or beneath a waterfall. Not only will this ground you, it will flood you with mood enhancing negative ions. Maybe kids have so much energy and spirit because they run barefoot through the grass while playing with hoses and sprinklers. Number five, consciously eat local, organic, and season foods with an attitude of gratitude for each ingredient and how it got to you. Take a moment to smell your food, look at your food, Touch it, appreciate it, and pray for it. Maybe the degree to which you can be grateful for your food is the degree to which your food will be good for you. Know that what you are eating is turning into you, becoming a part of your body, providing fuel for your fire. Drink your food and chew your water. Number six, functional fitness. Keyword, fun. Working out can be fun. So whatever that means to you, that's what I'd advise you to do. Sometimes I do it outside, in the sun, in the grass, doing whatever I feel, like a 100% effort. Sprints, handstands, squats, pull-ups, dead hangs, etc. I get more done in seemingly less time, though in actuality, time itself is flying by, because I'm having fun. Other days I go to the gym because that's what I feel like doing. Those days might be more traditional workouts, but I upgrade them by simultaneously listening to motivational speeches and mixes. It's a heightened sensory experience. Rather than only hearing the words, I feel them with my whole body. I absorb them into my mind, heart, muscles, and lungs. Literally, I am growing inside out, strengthening inside and out, overcoming resistance externally while pushing myself internally. Bonus. Listen to audiobooks while getting massages. It feels as if the words are being rubbed directly into you, allowing you to absorb more of what you're learning. Number seven, tell the truth. Practice being more honest in your daily life and relations. Use this phrase to get you over that hump of resistance. I have something I want to share, but I observe that I'm nervous to do so. Typically for me, that earns a thoughtful expression out of my listener and they give me the floor. Number eight, meditate and pray. Prayer is when you're speaking to God. Meditation is when you're listening to God. Recognize or experiment with the idea that whenever you are speaking, you are praying and whenever you are listening, you are meditating. Everything you say is a prayer. And even if it seems like no one is listening, the creator can hear every word. Conversely, whenever you are listening, listen closely because God is telling you something. Number nine, get paid to do the things you love to do, the things you would pay to do and or the things you would continue to do regardless of whether you're getting paid to do them. Those things that make time and space disappear from consciousness are tied closely to your gift. You love to do them and you give your love by doing them. Make the choice to live in that state of natural abundance which is unavoidable and everywhere you look. Make your work be something that fills you up for that is the most sustainable job you can have. Number 10, do these exercises. I've found that the best way to do these exercises is to conduct your own workshops for friends and family. First, give testimonials about how much you yourself have gotten out of these exercises. Second, extend the invitation for other people to join you. Invite them to invest time and money in something that you are willing to put on because of the results you yourself have gotten. Giving them the opportunity to invest money in the experience catalyzes them to get the value out of it. Third, take the lead and go first. If it's the confession exercise, you confess first. If it's the notice and imagine exercise, you go first. If it's the sharing judgments exercise, share your judgments. Lastly, team up with the people who seem most stoked by these ideas to attract even more
0: attractive people.